Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Hit and run, Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Oh, he loaded up. Mercedes tattoos it to center. It is gone. A 3-0 swing. Anything serious like that, you know, it's it's a manager's responsibility. It's a teaching moment. You want to understand why there's a take center in that situation. I try to spank him. He's too big and strong. I'm good. Oh, my goodness. It's through the left side. It's a base hit. They're going to wave around Judge, and he scores. The Yankees have won. So Hendricks is just if there's going to be a save situation? Yes. Frazier to finish off this Yankees shutout. Sox are 26 and 18, still in first. It's been two rough days. I mean, this hasn't been fun. Right on. As players, we have to see it as, like, he's, he's the guy that just make the lineup card. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. chosen assortment of baseball sound to bring you in on a Sunday morning. It is hit and run. The score's venerable baseball show. Not vulnerable, but venerable. I am your host, Matt Spiegel, and I'm here with you to talk some baseball. And I want you to talk it with me, either verbally on the phone lines. Feel free at 312-644-6767. Or um, digitally, uh, typographically, on the text line, which is the same number, 312-644-6767. That is, in fact, the Tech Zone, brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. And you can also tweet at me, at MattSpiegel670. I look there during the show. I mean, that's about it. If you wanted to email me, you can do that. Longer form stuff. Some people do. Some people send charts and graphs and stats and write-ups. And that's fun. I like that stuff. I like baseball, and I think you do too. And that's why, um, that's why we're a good match when we hang out on Sunday mornings. Lots to talk about. The Yankees take the first two of a series in the Bronx against the White Sox in one of those very tempting series. So tempting to make proclamations about where the White Sox stand in the American League, about what this lineup can and cannot do, about uh, all sorts of things like that. And you don't want to make proclamations necessarily, but it sure is okay to have thoughts, to uh, look at them and say, "Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to hit Garrett Cole, but maybe nobody can hit Garrett Cole. You should be able to hit Jordan Montgomery harder than that on Friday night. You should be able to do a little bit more with a lefty in Jordan Montgomery. But Friday night was a really good game. Just one of those games that had everything, um, including a, you know a triple play um, to get out of a jam, the White Sox with great defense to get out of a jam, Tim Anderson, the heart and soul, man, on display all week. It's just that dude. For the White Sox. They got a couple of them because Abreu is that dude too. And Abreu made a good play on Friday night, making a throw home with good defensive instincts. But then T.A. makes that great play uh, in the eighth to help get out of it. And you had Glaber Torres, who's been dormant offensively for most of this year, coming up with a solo shot against Kopech and then the walk-off 
against two. Oh yeah, Evan Marshall. You heard um, part of the Q and A there in the uh, in the intro from Tony Larusa from Friday night as to why he didn't use Liam Hendricks. We'll talk about that situation. Um, so anyway, but then Friday night. So all Hendricks was just if there was going to be a save situation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, it's not just that. Okay, you, you don't have to give me Hendrix necessarily. All right, we're talking about it now? Already? We're there? Already? I guess we are. As far as if Craig's the closer. <laughs> um, <laughs> See? Other side of town. Uh, that's last year, but still one of my favorite uh, David Ross moments. See, that's the thing. I'm not ready to talk about the Hendrix LaRusa thing just yet because it's not just about Hendrix. We'll get there, okay? I'm just kind of summarizing the weekend. Simmer down, Sean Anderson your White Sox excitement. But anyway. Yeah, we're the best team in the American League. Yeah, I know you think you are. And you probably still are. Um, all this after Carlos Rodon was looking like Louisiana Lightning. Ron Guidry. Saw Steve Stone talking about Steve Carlton and Ron Guidry in a tweet the morning after Carlos Rodon was doing that in New York. And, you know, consider me scarred as a uh, kid growing up a Red Sox fan. When he says Ron Guidry is like, rah, 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 Louisiana Lightning. But that dude with the slider, whoo, check out those numbers from 1978 every once in a while. As Stoney said in the tweet, I know you guys have computers. That made me laugh. But yeah, Carlos Rodon just looking absolutely phenomenal. He is a story, a big, big story uh, on that team. But anyway, just a crazy, action-packed, interesting game on Friday night. And Cubs-Cardinals was great on Friday night, too. Before the Cubs exploded for eight runs and made it a laugher late, made it a 12-3 final. That was a really good, compelling, interesting, crisply played ball game. And then you get to yesterday. Guess what, Cubs-Cardinals? Another good ball game. Interesting ball game yesterday. Not enough offense for the Cubs, especially against a bad Cardinals bullpen. I mean, I guess there's a few guys who are okay in that Cardinals bullpen. And you saw most of them yesterday. Alex Reyes has been dominant as a closer. Giovanni Gallegos as his setup man. And Henesis Cabrera, those are the three guys that are useful it was the fact they couldn't get to daniel ponce de leon after not really getting to miles michaelis which was an issue but a big day a big step forward for adbert alzalei alzalei and we will talk about him meanwhile garrett cole very good uh dylan cease struggling with control of that slider and then they stopped swinging at that slider and he didn't make an adjustment and seemed to get emotionally flustered a little bit, did Dylan Cease yesterday. So the Cubs and the Sox both lose. Look, this is a long top of the segment of the hour because I'm finding interest and intrigue in a lot of the innings that both of these teams play. Blessed we are to live in and some of us work in uh, two-team baseball town and get to cover both these teams very very interesting teams we're going to talk about it all with you this morning i mentioned the phone lines and the text lines um there are guests coming up that i think are pretty cool ryan terrio the former cub the former giant the former cardinal who can speak on the cubs cardinals but also i want to talk to him about playing for different managers including tony la Russa. he also played for lou Pinella. he also played for bruce bochi he also played for dusty baker also played for um, Joe Torrey. What? That is a crazy list of managers to have played for, uh, among others. So we'll talk to Ryan Terrio about that and some other stuff at 10 o'clock. Um, uh, St. Louis media maven and a friend, Joe Roderick, will join us at 1040 to talk about the Cardinals a little bit and La Russa a little bit. So that's the thing. We talk St. Louis uh, this show this week. It serves both teams because the White Sox get the Cardinals starting on Monday. And the White Sox are managed by a guy who we can discuss with our St. Louis guests, of course. And then Carlos Peña at 11 o'clock. You see him on Marquee doing great stuff with Marquee on pre and post when, um, when they get a chance to have him and use him there. And also you see him on MLB Network, one of my favorite guys to talk to about baseball and really about life. Peña is just a very, very thoughtful guy. So we'll talk to him at 11 o'clock. Very much looking forward to that. 
and I got lots of stuff for you along the way. Um, you can always join us right here as we broadcast live from the Scores Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And Sean Anderson is the producer of the show. I'm here until noon because Cubs Sox, or excuse me, Cubs Cardinals is tonight. It's the Sunday night game on ESPN. I don't know about you, but I had the opportunity and took the opportunity to see some different broadcasts yesterday. MLB Network gave us Michael Kay and Paul O'Neill and David Cohn doing the Yankees and White Sox. And then last night, obviously, the first National Fox game of the year. Joe Buck and John Smoltz and Ken Rosenthal. Is there somebody else on that team, too? I, th- I think that was it. Doing the broadcast yesterday for the Cubs and the Cardinals. I know some of you guys don't like Joe Buck. You know I'm not among you. And I, 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 I like Joe, and I think that broadcast was actually very good yesterday. A lot of context and deep stories on guys on both sides, a lot of knowledge uh, there. And, and Joe, as a play-by-play guy, has gotten better and better. Interesting conversation earlier this year with Jason Bonetti on the Parkinson Spiegel show as we've been doing Spiegel Idol. Not my idea, but we've been doing it uh, the day after I do Cubs play-by-play, the fifth inning on the radio, which I'll be doing a week from today. And so the day after, sometimes those guys will bring on people to critique my work, which is obviously a great idea for anybody who's working on something in broadcasting, is to bring on, um, I don't know, some of the greatest play-by-play guys working and some of the greatest ever, like Boog Shambi, like Pat Hughes, Benetti. I bet they'll call Buck at some point and put him on there. Like to bring on those guys and have them critique my work uh, live on the radio. I think that's a good thing for somebody who's learning to be a broadcaster. Don't you, Sean? I think that's really healthy. And, you know, I just I just think it's a good idea. So, it's free consultation. It's very true. And I'm, I'm of course, uh, tongue in cheek about my discomfort, but they enjoy my discomfort. Not only is it free consultation, the last one with Benetti turned into a master class on broadcasting because that dude has a way of being uh, honest and interesting and thoughtful and also incisive. That is whew, it's powerful stuff. But Eddie, by the way, with a crazy double yesterday, did the White Sox and the Yankees during the day. And then in the evening, did the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets late night on Espen. That dude. But anyway, one of the things that Benetti said in the segment, as I meander just a bit, was uh, listen to Buck and compare Buck now to Buck from a few years ago. And he has continued to work on it and gotten better and better as a play-by-play guy. I thought that was interesting. But anyway, I enjoyed getting the alternate national broadcast. Wondering if you guys did. Want to hear your thoughts on that as well along the way at 312-644-6767. That is the phone number. That is how we'll talk. And we will talk plenty. So here's the thing. Um, here's the thing about Friday night and the Larusa move. So let me let me finish that conversation here, okay? Evan Marshall's been bad. He's been one of the guys, and I, I think Evan Marshall's a terrific guy, and has been a very good pitcher and a good story. His reinvention was a really fun, interesting story a couple years ago, and we've seen him carry it through. He's had a rough year. He's used there in super-duper high leverage, late and close in the eighth against the Yankees, and is lucky to get out of it. Lucky to get out of it with hard grounders, the aforementioned defensive plays that we're talking about. Tim Anderson going home. Subtle thing about Tim Anderson, by the way, in that inning as they got out of it, because they had, that, that, was, that was when they had the double play as well, right? Sean, am I putting that together? T.A. makes the throw home, and then there's the double play, the liner to Moncada, and they throw behind the runner at second to double him up? Yes, that's correct, because it wasn't a force at second. Yeah. Um, and T.A. is just so on point. He's watching Moncada make the play and just calmly pointing to the base. It's just a little thing, but it's one of the many things. That dude is just so locked in. He made a beautiful sliding play yesterday up the middle, the kind of play that you would not expect him to make comfortably and cleanly in years past. 
Like he might slide and then he would jump up and make a, a rushed and awkward throw. Now he makes the routine plays and the great plays. Does T.A. And to your point uh, about Marshall, uh, the first hit he gave up or first contact that ended up being the T.A. going home, that was 103 miles per hour. The double play was 103 miles per hour off the bat. Aaron Judge's single was 106. Gio Urshela hit a 74-mile-per-hour single, but it had an expected batting average of 930, and then the walk-off was 96 off the bat. Like He was giving up extremely hard contact the entire appearance. Lucky to get out of the inning, giving up super hard contact, and had absolutely no business coming back out for the ninth. Just absolutely no business. Listen, I disagree with not using Hendricks until you have a lead on the road. I talked about this in the fourth game of the year against the Angels on a Sunday night when he didn't do it with Hendricks. Remember that? That was Jose Ruiz out there for a second inning. I don't like that philosophy anymore. At all. You know, you're on the road. The extra innings rule looms. Use your guy because the margin is going to be so thin for the, in the 10th and beyond that, you know, it just use your guy. He said he was waiting till he got a lead or probably was going to have him in the 10th. Okay. So look, I disagree with that in general, but beyond that, don't give me Evan Marshall. Give me somebody else. Go to Cody Hoyer. He had Hoyer warming up, right? I know he had Hendricks warming up in the eighth, when there was the possibility that they would take the lead and they they got out of it, did the Yankees on the strength of a crazy triple play where Andrew Vaughn hit the ball very hard, which is part of why there's a triple play. It's because the guy has to hit it very hard. But don't give me Evan Marshall. And to your point, too, about talking about that Angels game on a Sunday, he used yeah. him on the second, which was a Friday. He didn't use him on the third on a Saturday, and then he didn't end up getting used until the seventh. So there's a five-day absence of Liam Hendricks not being used there, and now that's, he hasn't been used since the 19th. So that's a four-day off break for your closer. All right, so in both of the instances we're talking about, day four uh, against the Angels and this game Friday against the Yankees, he had a rested closer ready to go who he doesn't end up using and now has not gotten used. And it's a guy who likes being used, who functions better when he's used a lot. I praised LaRusa last week for putting, um, for putting Hendricks in, and he had some garbage time at the end of that Dallas Keuchel start where uh, the White Sox scored 12 or 13 runs, and, and, and Hendricks was, it was a little bumpy on a, on a Thursday um, and hadn't been used in a while, and you're like, eh, he threw a lot of pitches. And then he had a five-out save the very next day and was super sharp. He can do that. He functions better when he gets used a lot. Don't pump the brakes on your usage of Liam Hendricks. They're guys that you have to protect, and they're guys that you don't. And he's not one you need to protect in terms of usage. We went over this when they signed him. It was part of why I liked the signing. And spending a lot of money on a free agent closer can be risky business. But that dude has thrown a lot of times where it's more than an inning and multiple days in a row. You remember last year as a member of the A's, what he did against the White Sox in the playoffs. Use him. So that's the thing. But on top of using him, don't use Evan Marshall for a second inning in a row. That's the kind of stuff that makes me crazy. And I got to tell you, this is the kind of stuff that has nothing to do with unwritten rules, has nothing to do with DUIs, has nothing to do with any um, ageism that people sometimes accuse, uh, accuse score guys of in, this, in this, this thing, the weird thing that goes around the internet. No, this is nuts and bolts, X's and O's, and it's the stuff that makes me crazy. Know the rules, obviously, and that has been a problem, but also... You're supposed to be the bullpen genius. You invented the modern bullpen. And now you've got a tremendous array of pitchers, but you're leaning on guys who should not be leaned on. Now, there also looks to be some issues with some of the right-handed arms for those White Sox. Matt Foster uh, beaten around again yesterday. 
And Marshall obviously still hasn't figured that out. Hoyer's been up and down. But, I mean, Kopech gives up a solo homer. That's the, you know, that's, that, that's going to happen. And he's been great. So he can't really be upset with him. But I can certainly be upset with Tony in that situation. And I am. And it's frustrating. So that was the deal from a Friday night on that play, on that situation, on that moment that I wanted to talk about. That's for sure. Um, it's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. 312-644-6767 if you want to hop in. I got a lot of stuff, a lot of different things to talk about regarding the Cubs and the Sox, regarding MLB. The coolest thing that I saw in MLB yesterday. Oh, man, I want to talk about that. But when we come back, let's talk uh, about this. The fact that I need to praise a guy that I have immense respect for. And the subject also ties in to White Sox frustration with a certain guy. So we'll talk about that and the big, big outing for Adbert Alzali in focus as well. Dial it up and get involved at your leisure. Ryan Terrio at the top of the hour. Carlos Pena later on as well. It's hit and run on 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now with the mlb app you can get baseball your way pick your favorite team your favorite players and get customized highlights stories and breaking news right on your home feed Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Swing and a miss, strike three. Came back with a fastball that was sinking in on the hands of Goldschmidt. Boy, he threw some tough pitches right there. This one. Swing and a miss, strike three. Good pitch in on his hands. That was a fastball, and Alzali works a one, two, three, sixth inning. Best start of Albert Alzali's young Cubs career. And that in itself feels like a sentence we have said a few different times. <laughs> You know, you keep looking for upside with this guy, and it keeps showing up. And the narrative earlier on was, boy, is Ross ever going to trust him? Ever going to let him even get through the fifth? Ever going to let him get over that whatever uh, pitch count number they were settled in? 
And now they've let him get over that. He threw seven innings yesterday, threw 86 pitches. Probably could have gone even more. Now it gets to that point. We're like, oh, we're going to start to treat the dude like a uh, full grown up starter. Getting there, 86 pitches. He threw 47 sliders. And that has become a story that everyone discusses. Kenny Rosenthal mentioning it on the broadcast. The reinvention of Adbert Alzali and the massive proliferation of sliders for him. About 46% of his pitches have been sliders. Even higher yesterday, as I mentioned, 47 of 86. Curveballs and fastballs just last year were above 30% for him. So that meant 60% of curveballs and fastballs. And now it's almost 50% sliders. Big, big switch. And he's had terrific control on that pitch. There were two that he hung yesterday. And he's got to be very careful when he throws it. You've got to make sure all the mechanics are exactly where you want. The fingers are exactly where you want on the ball. That it breaks exactly the way you're trying to have it break. And if something happens and it smooths out, it becomes what Jim Deshays likes to call a cement mixer, then he's hittable with it. And he gave up a couple hits, including the Yadier Molina home run on a slider that didn't quite do its thing. But Adbert Alzali pleased with his performance and talked about it yesterday after the game. To be honest, I felt that today was my best game so far. You know, I was completely in control over all my pitches, you know, and even in the seven after the homer, I feel that even my emotions uh, were, were where they were supposed to be, you know, keep attacking the guys, uh, getting those ground balls there, you know. Uh, I feel that overall, uh, I take this game uh, as, a, as a really good one for me, you know, moving forward. Good for him. Very, very good for him. This Cubs rotation is coming around horrific April, just absolutely brutal April, but things are coming around a little bit. Just last week, I was talking to you about this rotation and how they were bottom five in MLB. Remember that conversation? And when you're bottom five, you should not be even as good of a record as the Cubs had had that A lot of the teams with starting rotations down that low were way, way, way under 500. As of right now, overall, even including the brutal April, the Cubs have improved a little bit. That starting pitcher ERA is now under five. So they're still towards the bottom. But the last 30 days as a rotation, the Cubs are much, much better. 12th in MLB, 3.85 for the starting pitcher ERA over the last 30 days. And you can see it, and there's a few different guys. Zach Davies has found himself after just an absolutely horrific start. You're getting more consistency from Kyle Hendricks, who was very good on Friday night. And I was worried about Hendricks on Friday night because the Cardinals make a lot of contact as a team. And he gave up uh, you know, a lot of contact, as he usually does, but a lot of it was soft contact. He went deep into that one on Friday and pitched well. Um, Arietta came back from the injured list and had a good start, looked real good right away, then struggled a bit against Max Scherzer and the Nationals, but still gutted that one out through five, which you're going to get from him most times. Trevor Williams has been scary. Four innings this past start after a bad first inning. He uh, survived and got through four, probably could have gone a little further, but they went to Justin Steele out of the pen. At the time. And then there's Alzali, who has the stuff of a legit top of the rotation starter. He's got that stuff. And he's young and he's theirs and he's homegrown and it's nice. So the overall, this rotation is uh, coming around a little bit. It took them until the 4th of May for a starter to get an out in the seventh inning. Goodness. But since then, it's, got, it's been a lot better, and they are approaching something that I like to call sneaky decent. They're approaching. And overall, this Cubs team, here's what I think. I, I think when you're watching these games with the Cardinals, you're seeing the two best teams in the division. And if you've watched so far the year, I think you can tell. I've watched a lot of this division. 
The Brewers have incredibly good power arms at the top of that rotation with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta. And that's incredibly daunting. Then they've got Hayter and Devin Williams with the airbender at the back end of the bullpen. In between, eh, there's, there's, there's some stuff. You can, you can get to some of those other pitchers. And then, oh yeah, by the way, they can't hit. They just can't. I like their trade for Willie Adamas. And that is to uh, back up on uh, acquiring Luis Urias, who has not been good for them. But they, um, Keston Hira is down in the minors. He's still down in the minors. I know they sent him down after a, a, a terrific rookie season last year. And they moved him to first base and the bat completely fell apart. I don't know if it was the defense or if it's just, just a league adjusting to him and him not adjusting back. But, yeah, they can't hit. So we'll see. And then the Reds don't have enough pitching. The ace has been Tyler Maley. And he was just destroyed the other day by the Giants and destroyed on my fantasy team. Thank you for that, Tyler. Appreciate it. Luis Castillo has been bad. Good most recent start, but been bad other than that. And, it, you know, it's, uh, the, the Reds' bats are for real. Jesse Winker is one of the best hitters in baseball that people don't talk about. I'm serious, by the way, on that, on Jesse Winker. I mean, you, you realize that Jesse Winker over his last 162 games, and I know he had three home runs the other day and people started paying a little bit more attention, but you can, you can do guys' stats over their last buck 62. So imagine if the last buck 62 was a full season. Guys hitting 304 with a 401 on base percentage and a 552 slugging. It's a 953 OPS over his last 162 games for Jesse Winker. Thanks to MLB random stats for that one. But anyway, I don't, I think these are the two best teams in the division. And the games have been crisp. Games have been interesting. Lots of smart veterans on display. Some good young pitchers in that Cardinals bullpen. A good young starter for the Cubs yesterday and Adbert. They're talking to uh, Jack Flaherty during the game. And you're reminded about that guy, the ace of that Cardinals staff who we will see on Tuesday night at Guaranteed Raid Field against his high school teammate, Lucas Giolito. That's the matchup on Tuesday. And Flaherty asked about it during the Fox broadcast yesterday. He couldn't stop smiling, talking about it. Like, I had that one circled. He said he noticed that he and Giolito pitched on the same day, and he's like, oh, wait a minute. Does that mean we're going to get together? So how cool is that? Super excited to go up against his high school teammate on Tuesday. But these are the two best teams in the division. And we'll see if the Cubs uh, can hang all year long or if the Cardinals uh, have what it takes to pull away a little bit. Let's go to the phone lines. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. This is Joe on the far northwest side who's now on hit and run with me, Matt Spiegel. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Good morning, Matt Spiegel. How you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm uh, regarding good. last night's game, you know, Cubs pitching was pretty good, but the Cubs defense really wasn't. I think it was the fifth or sixth inning, Matt. You know, Sosa's line drive to right field, which Bryant, in my opinion, you know, he should have been a little more aggressive, you know, trying to contain a double instead of trying to play, the, say, the pinball wizard with the ball ricocheting, you know, in the corner they're allowing Sosa, you know, to get the third, but who eventually scored in the single by Thomas, but... Regarding Bodie's play last night at third base, here's another one. He could have been a little more aggressive at third late in the game, especially with the game being close on the ground, or I think it was by Thomas. Baez almost did a great job, but the throw was a little wild. But Rizzo, in my opinion, with the game being that close, should have gotten in front of the ball instead of trying to backhand it, which allowed you know the, the runner to get the second. But again, there was no damage. But I think defense last night played a bad part. And even a couple of games ago in Arietta's last start, you know, Arietta got on base, he got a single, but why would David Ross choose to run Alzale in a spot, pitch run? I mean, I can't figure that out. You know, he's one of our good starters this year. Why would he have been allowed to do that? But Because the bench is super-duper thin, and because sometimes right. you, you have to ask a starting pitcher uh, to do that, and if, if they're a good athlete and they've been a position yep. player before, then, then they can hang and do that. I was, I, would, I was hoping to see Adbert pinch run for Justin Steele. 
the other day, frankly. Right. Uh, and I saw Justin Steele out there running the bases for the first time in his professional life, which was crazy. And he ended up getting hurt. But um, anyway, uh, and, and, and let me disagree with you about Rizzo on, on the play you're talking about. I saw Cliff Floyd um, dislocate his shoulder by reaching his first base arm over there and having a runner obliterate him. That's a terrifying, weird moment when Bodie makes a throw and somebody makes a throw that's that far to your left and a guy is coming up the line. It's, uh, it, it's, it, it's a very difficult thing to ask somebody to get out in front of it when they're expecting instead to extend the other way because that's usually where the throw is supposed to come. So we can extend forward into the infield to get it. So I don't fault Rizzo on that one myself. I appreciate you, Joe. Still there? I think he's gone. That's okay. Oh. Yeah, you know. Oh, oh you see, he is still there. Yeah. They brought you back. They brought you back. I'm still Con- here, yo. But maybe we continue. Could take two continue out of three the today. monologue. Continue maybe the monologue. Could... Go. Go ahead, sir. Sorry. Maybe we could take two out of three today from the Cardinals <laughs> and at least salvage the series, Matt. Uh, that would be good. Thank you for the call, Joe. See, that's my bad. Sean Anderson, I understand the confusion. I'm going to point the thumb on that one. Um, I know how Joe likes to roll. He likes to monologue. And he likes to just, just go and make it happen. Give you all the stuff. And I appreciate it. So who am I to get in the way and debate? I should just take notes during Joe's call. And then at the end say, let me rebut points four and seven and eleven. Everything else was fine. I love when a guy does his homework and comes with stuff. Ron is on the southwest. Ron is on the south side, not the southwest side. He's south side. Ron, and now he's on hit and run. Good morning, Ron. How are you, sir? Baseball is still life. <laughs> it, it is, man. It is, man. It's and it's a, it's in a good spot right now. It was a terrific sports day yesterday with four basketball games and with the PGA tournament. But baseball was on my TV all day long, and I loved it. Matt, I didn't get a chance to talk to you last week, but you had mentioned uh, when Barry was on the show, I checked yeah. in last week and just say, I uh, just wish him well. You know, I talked to him like you over the years. I used yeah. to even email him big things. So I, so I just had to say that I just wish him well, just someone I really, really enjoy talking baseball with you. So, let me get to what I called about. One of the things they showed yesterday, Matt, uh, out of division play, the American League Central had the worst record. Worst record out of division play. And that's why I was really kind of looking forward to this series. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the Cardinals. But really seeing against some good competition, I thought – uh, really, the game I was really hoping the Stocks could get was when Rodon. I knew it would be tough facing Garrett Cole, so uh, that was a tough one. But it was it, it was it was a good game. Uh, up until now, I've always been kind of confident, with, based on the White Sox pitching, that they can win a series. So, but again, that's I'm looking forward to seeing what happens today when the Cardinals come. But you do, and, and I mean the schedule, the schedule. You can only play. Just on the schedule, but that is something that that you have to look at. Uh, maybe they state that this team is going to have to come up with some kind of more offense. Hope um, we'll be back, but but that's it. It, it was a very interesting um, stat. So okay, mm-hmm. should be a good game. Oh, that Tuesday game, boy, that's not you talking about a good game. Uh, uh, yeah. the, the Tuesday game, the Cardinals game. Yeah, yeah, so, man. Just. Yeah, good baseball. Just, just, just some good baseball. But uh, again, I'm just going to be kind of watching the Sox and see how they are matching up against teams uh, that are a little better. So, have a good day, Matt. Hey, thank you so much, Ron. I appreciate you. I'll pass on those words to Barry. If he didn't hear it, why would he be listening? Why would he be listening to us? He's got better things to do. Um, and by that, I mean I, I hope he's playing golf this morning before he watches golf this afternoon. You know, it's one of those kind of days. Here's the thing about the schedule, about the, uh, the, the, the American League Central. We all thought the Twins were going to be real good. All of a sudden, they're not. That means this division has two good teams, if the Twins are this. Because the Royals at 21 and 23, pretty good lineup. A couple of interesting pitchers. Um, Danny Duffy's starting to put it together a little bit in a walk year as well. 
Bullpen, they've got one guy in, in Josh Stelmont who I really like, and then a couple of uh, just a couple of relics trying to hold on. Wade Davis is out there. And Greg Holland throwing a million breaking balls is, is out there. But we know the Tigers aren't good. And who would have seen this coming? The worst team in baseball is the Minnesota Twins. A 356 winning percentage. 16 and 29 are the Minnesota Twins. Kenta Maeda gives up a giant pile of home runs every time he's out there. As he did again yesterday. crazy 16 and 29 they'll get byron buxton back at some point i know they got alex kirilov back uh today although i think he's gonna have a minor league stint but i like that rookie um and that'll help them a little bit in the lineup but they need buxton as well but man 13 games under 500 so all of a sudden that division looks terrible Cleveland Indians are the second best team in the division. Their pitching just keeps coming and coming and coming. I was surprised to see Tristan McKenzie get sent down this week, Dr. Sticks, because just because I'm used to every young starter that comes up, especially if they have good stuff like McKenzie does, I'm used to every young starter for the Indians be good. Every single one. And, uh, but McKenzie goes down, but they've got, they, they've got, they've got plenty of pitching. The White Sox, as of right now, still obviously the best team in the American League Central. They now have the second best winning percentage, excuse me, the third best winning percentage in the American League. The Red Sox, number one. The Rays, number two. Boy, the Yankees right behind them. And the Blue Jays at 23 and 21. The American League East is loaded. And the White Sox with their plus 65 run differential. Now the third best run differential in baseball behind the Dodgers who have stormed forward and are now 10 games over 500 to 28 and 18 after a rough stretch there in the middle that included a sweep at the hands of the Cubs. The Dodgers have found it again thanks to starting pitching. Bueller and Bauer and Kershaw and their Arias, Julio, so good. But they are behind the best team in baseball, the San Diego Padres. The Padres are on fire of late. And, man, Fernando Tatis, I just give me all the Fernando Tatis highlights. Just give me all of them. They've won eight in a row. He's incredibly fast. He's ridiculously smooth. He can do splits like a gymnast in order to effectively make a play and stay on a base, as he did the other day. Scoring. Off again, Tatis, Hosmer, uh-huh. strikes out, throw down there. And a stolen base, oh. keep the foot back, and he did, into a split. Steal second, then go into a split. This is unbelievable. Flash look, there he goes, the strikeout now. <laughs> it's like the floor exercises in the Olympics. He finishes off his routine with the splits. Just watching that, I pulled the hamstring. Fernando Tatis Jr., <laughs> who is dealt literally for garbage. <laughs> is that Mudcat Grant? Just watching that, I pulled a hamstring. That's tremendous. Yeah, Tatis is good. So that was a couple days ago. Did you see the one yesterday? Scoring from first on a Hosmer, uh, I think it was a double, or might have even been a, a, a single with a bad throw home. I think that's what it was. Was a, it was a Hosmer single, and Tatis was at first. It's another runner at second. Runner at second scores. Tatis is, is going to third on the play. Throw gets by the catcher. Tatis never stops and flies down the line. And he's one of those guys who, like, his slide seems to accelerate him. I don't know. You know how, like, some people just have that kind of body control that it's like, the slide, they seem to go faster sliding than they do running, which is not supposed to happen. This is why this is why you're never supposed to slide into first, among other things, like you can hurt yourself, is the fact that you're actually hurting your chances of getting to the bag faster, scientifically. And when you're coming home, you want to slide because you're trying to like be careful and, and avoid a tag as part of it. But some people, I just have that that crazy body control, and just also just he's so it's just an incredibly beautiful athlete. But find that highlight if you can. 
of Tatis scoring from first on a single and a throwing error. They're outrageous. So anyway, Padres good. Tatis good. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, I'm going to tell you the best thing I saw in baseball, though, yesterday when we come back on 670 The Score. Change up. Fastball broke his bat. Otani's on. He's hurrying for two. A hustle double. Shohei. That is impressive. How fast he is. Another extra base hit. Shohei Otani can do everything. That was Shohei Otani, the once-a-century player. Literally, the once, once every century, we get either Babe Ruth or Shohei Otani. And now I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Babe Ruth and his overall stats and he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. And But right now, what he's doing, what he's capable of doing, pitching like that and hitting like that and playing the outfield like that, just doesn't happen, folks. And that was him yesterday stretching a single into a double on a ground ball up the middle. A broken bat ground ball up the middle. Just does not stop. And he hustles right out of the gate and he realizes it's going to be one of those short ground balls. Right fielder calls off the center fielder, says, no, I'll get it because I'll have a better angle to make a throw. And while he's doing that and making sure that he pulls up quickly, Otani is, 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 is sliding into second. He could have stood if he wanted to. That's how good that dude is. Runs like a freaking gazelle, throws the ball 100, hits it a buck 10 in terms of exit velocity. He leads the league in home runs and total bases. He leads the league in extra base hits. And he has given up the fewest extra base hits of anybody who's pitched as many innings as as he has. Just absolutely outrageous. And he is one of those guys you're going to look at and say, yeah, that's the MVP. I don't care where the Angels are. I don't get it either, folks. I don't get how you can go a decade with Mike Trout and now have Otani as well. And spend $300 million on Albert Pujols or whatever they spent on him. And have him be pretty good for a few years. And now have Joe Madden managing you. And you're still terrible. What the hell? They, I know they, they, they've switched. They've switched GMs now and Perry Manazian's got the gig. But they're eight games under 500 and dead last in the American League West. Again. And now Trout's hurt. It's, it, I mean, it's crazy. We're talking, we're talking rarefied air to go through an entire Hall of Fame caliber career and never give him much. Somebody's going to have to do the, um, to do the Ernie Banks-Mike Trout comparison, not on their numbers, but just on how good they were and how terrible their teams were at the same time. Maybe somebody's already done that. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. You can hop up and call in and talk about anything you like. I I mentioned that I want to give praise to a guy that I need to talk about, and it's going to reflect on a White Sox frustration. And I'll do that longer form maybe if we have time in the final hour, but I'll get to it now. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Yadier Molina. And I know that in a Cubs town, there is much loathing for Yadier Molina. But this is an all-time great as a catcher trying to maintain his excellence. And a few things are still there for Molina. He still frames like butter. The way that he frames pitches is still absolutely gorgeous. Pitchers love throwing to him. Umpires give him the benefit of the doubt. He's uh, incredibly smart and trusted as a captain of his team and a, 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 a skillful defender and base runner and hitter in terms of his intelligence, using that intelligence to manifest into skill. He's all of that. And those things aren't going to age. What is supposed to age is the arm, 
the bat, the quickness around the plate defensively. And some of that quickness has obviously aged. And he's no longer, you know, the, the Wilson Contreras-like active athletic cat behind the plate that he was. But he still has all those smarts and all that framing butter and all that leadership. And oh, by the way, he's hitting the hell out of the ball this year. He'd actually been even better. Um, last six games, he's, he's been on a bit of a slide. The OPS was around 1,000 before that. But still, the OPS is above 800. Hit a big home run last night. And I know it came a couple innings after what he thought was a home run, which was really just a flyout. But, man, that dude. I, I would love if my team had Yadier Molina. And still now this year, this aged version of Yadier Molina, I would still love. And I took a lot of crap right around opening day by saying that I'd rather have Yadier Molina than Yasmani Grandal. I took a lot of crap about that. And maybe that will, will bear out by the end of the year to look as stupid as it sounded to so many of you at the beginning of the year. Because it's only May. But Yasmani Grandal, yeah, he's got more pop, that's for sure. Is his OPS, what's Grandal's OPS? I think it's in the high sevens. After uh, doing nothing but walking there for a while. He's, 721. 721, okay. So he's not having as good an offensive year as Yadier Molina. And defensively, Grandal makes me crazy. And I know he makes you crazy, White Sox fans. Even yesterday, bumping into Moncada on a pop-up over by third base in foul territory. That's not your ball, yes? Yes, he's good at framing. Absolutely. But the only guy who's really locked into wanting to throw to Grandal is Keuchel. That's it. You know Giolito preferred McCann. I wonder if Giolito almost prefers Collins by now. We know Rodon prefers Collins. We know Cease prefers Collins. And, then, and that's, that's just like the pitcher-catcher stuff. And then everything else, you've seen the frustration that he causes you over non-framing defensive issues with Grandal. And, and you're bumping into Moncada? Because he was still frustrated about a strikeout the inning before when he thought the umpire got a call wrong that he did not. So, yeah. Uh, I'm a Yadi Molina over Yasmani Grandal guy. And I know, you can laugh at me. Say he's old, speaks, that you have a passion for somebody who was great and is no longer great. You loved watching Team Puerto Rico, Spiegel, in the World Baseball Classic and seeing him lead all those guys and how they're all so fun. And he is an OG in the game. Yeah, I know all of that. But he's still pretty damn good. 670, the score is where you are. Carlos Pena in an hour. Joe Roderick at 1040. Uh, but next, the riot. Ryan Terrio played for some incredible Hall of Fame managers and played on both sides of Cubs Cardinals. We'll talk to him next on The Score. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 